Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, So, have you played all your games so far this week? Yeah, I may have. I may have. Then I think I've got. Uh, actually, no, I've got one more against Michael. Maybe I don't know. I've lost track because I've been quite busy doing actual work this week. Wow, that's code yeah. for losing. <laughs> Am I right? Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Just a soft intro where I uh, bring Tim down to his rightful place. Uh, I've uh, gone another week undefeated, uh, but I haven't won the grand final yet. That's tomorrow. Yeah, well... Oh, as today, as you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that, Dan, won't we? Because I won last week's grand final. No, I didn't. No, you I didn't. I won the week. <laughs> this shows how much I care about stupid ping pong. No, I do. Uh, if you're listening, Eloise, uh, I'm sorry. I still sorry. subscribe to your emails. And we'll be in contact soon about uh, accounting for sports. Yeah, well, I think that's a good place to start, Dan. Um the Too Drunk Network is about to get a little bit bigger. Yeah, all right. Well, let's start with I know what wh- is the Tim and Dan. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I was pointing up because I was going to go up. <laughs> let's try it again. All right, I, I'm, going, I'm going up. You go up. Right. I'll go Dan. What Dan. Is- <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. What is the, the Tim and Dan? Dan. Perfect. I all think right. that was pretty good. It, right. it probably will sound better. When we listen back. I'll add some effects, some echo and whatnot. <laughs> so, what, what, let's talk about the Too Drunk Network. The Too Drunk Network. Yeah, well, you kind of raised some, some thoughts last week, Dan. I did. And um, I, I thought it was quite good because just when people thought those two drunk accountants, they're running out of steam, there's no way they're going to keep this podcast going. Full steam ahead. More podcasts coming right at you. <laughs> Whether yeah. you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, whether or not you listen, it's up to you. We hope you do. <laughs> Please listen. Yeah, well, we're actually hoping to bring a few more listeners in through other channels. Correct. There's a business term for you. Yes, that is a business term. Maybe we'll Targeting get... some other markets. Yeah, maybe we'll get to that uh, at, a, at another, another episode. Yeah. Because um, we've got many, 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 many left to do. <laughs> many... Many more weekly episodes yeah. to do. In, in, in seriousness, though, uh, you might have mentioned us, uh, might have heard us mention a few podcasts last week that we might be thinking of doing, and some of those look like they might actually go ahead. <clears throat> really? Cool. Yeah. So, um, Specifically, Accounting for Sports, I'm referring Accounting to. for Sports, yeah. So, we're thinking of releasing a new monthly podcast. Correct. On top of the current weekly one. And we're, we're tinkering with the name. Yep. It's going to center a little bit around the two words money and ball, but yeah. uh, for copyright reasons, we don't want to. <laughs> we, we don't want to say them together. Yeah, we can't. All. We can't call it that. But um, I'm looking forward for everyone to be girt by podcast soon. What's that? You're going to be girt by podcast. Uh, like it's in the St- Australian anthem, we're girt by sea. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were referring to my alter ego. The no, that's girt. <laughs> uh, we're going to be. Creating girth uh, <laughs> We're gonna have around very, you with podcasts, and you will then be girt by podcast. I already have a fairly girthy podcast, but Correct. I'm looking forward to making it girthier. Mm. There is another idea, Dan, as well. Other We're going to make it so girthy, you're going to be girt by a podcast. Ah, is girt to be? Is girth? I don't know. I think girt is the uh, noun, it's, and girth. Yeah. Can also be a noun, but it's also a verb. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I'm going to girth you. And then you will be girt. I don't think anyone's ever said that in a sentence. Oh, Tim, I'm going to girth you with my ping pong skills. So, we are taking taking suggestions for our second podcast. And uh, there's a bit of planning to do. We're not saying it's going to be released anytime soon. No. This could be a little bit like the Two Drunk Accountants Olympiad. Which is also yet to begin, but there are <laughs> but great definitely intentions. definitely will happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. Um, so, yeah, right now, the best we've come up with is ball money. Um, so, ball yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, we want to talk to people in sport and figure out um, some business or accounting related things. So, for example, 
we were thinking the Mariners, our local soccer club, um, speaking to the CEO and discussing their business model. And also, like, I guess um, things like, well, what really raised it was a bit of the chat about the trade week last week. And yeah. And salary right. caps and every sport's completely different and they all have different models. And I like sport. Dan likes to think he likes sport. I like numbers. <laughs> Dan likes to participate. Hey, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've won many of awards that say just as that. <laughs> That I participated. You are a strong participator. Yeah, thank right? you. So, uh, so, yeah, that's the first idea. Second idea, well, maybe we'll, we'll reveal that in coming weeks. Yeah, I think we'll reveal that at a later point in time. But potentially, you'll be girt by podcasts <laughs> very soon. Uh, so, uh, Tim, did you have anything else going on in the Tim and Danlo this week? <laughs> anything going on in your life? Me, not really. It's work. <laughs> Got a new mattress, which is what I spoke about last week. Uh, played some board games over the weekend, which was pretty fun. Yep. Uh, we've got a party to attend. That's probably this a, weekend. a good other thing. I mean, Dan Dan Low. The yep. other thing is at the end of the podcast, Dan. Correct. Um, but I'm aware yeah, of that. the Dan Low is the dress up this week. I yeah. really like it. Book club, mm, book week actually. Oh. It's it's to reflect. <laughs> you know, when you're in in primary school and it's book week and you all turn up. Dressed yeah. as your favorite character from a book, and it's yeah. to encourage people to read. What a great, what a great theme! Yeah. So, still kind of considering what I'm going to go as. I know you're going as a big friendly giant. So. I'm going as the BFG, yes. correct? Um, while we're on the subject, uh, there's somebody who's often tried to get uh, their name mentioned on the podcast, uh. and I'm, I've always been hesitant to do it. One because she's always late with the comments <laughs> when we put that up. <laughs> But two... It's actually true to her style as yeah. well, being a little bit late with those comments. <laughs> Plus, she's never really listened to the podcast, so oh. she, she might not ever... Re- I think she's listened to maybe the first episode. So, even if we did mention her, she won't hear it? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if you wish this person a happy birthday in the woods, does anyone hear it? <laughs> so, I just want to say, Kate Beggs, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bing Bong. Bing Bong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tim, maybe there could be some social updates on Saturday night social when updates. the party is underway. That's we might idea. be able to release a photo of the two drunk accountants. I like it. All right, all right. Uh, business update, Tim. Yes, it's business time. So um, the first one was there was a bill passed over the last two weeks, Dan. Wow, they they did it. Yeah, they did it. Congratulations to them. They passed a bill. Yeah, they're bringing forward uh, the small business tax cuts. Brilliant. Now, it sounds like quite a big thing. Yeah, they're bringing them. So, when do we get Like, if I start lodging my tax return now, do I do I get this? No, no. Ah, Technically, right. you still have to be in business and alive. And, <laughs> and alive. Trading, making okay. money in the 2021 financial year. I believe oh, so that'll be the first year that it comes into play. Okay, so they, so they brought it forward, you know... A few years well, it from was the, that extended be... <laughs> time that was all the way out in yeah. the distant future. So, it was meant to be 2025. Yeah. Now, don't get too excited either because the rate as it stands right now, Dan, mm-hmm. for a small business, 27.5%. Correct. Um, it's going to be 25%. So Yeah, which, which it'll definitely help if you're making profits of, you know, a lot. Yeah. But, you know, it's... It, you know, tax reductions mean you can spend more on your business or take more for yourself. So, all in all, good. Yeah, and I guess um, the only other thing that I was going to say about it, um, and I just want to validate this because I read a lot of stuff and then I think I know what I'm talking about, but I'm fairly sure the aggregate turnover for that small business tax rate is mm. going to be 50 million, Dan. 50? 50 million. That is a big increase. But if you really, if you think about it, and we've had this discussion before, if, if you're a retailer of something, that really there's, there's only six of you in the, in, the, in the business, you are a small business, your revenue could be all the way up, you know, towards $50 million and you're still a small business. You know, it's just because yeah. you have high turnover and it's made a lot easier through the internet hmm. these days, you know. It's true. Uh, you could you could make that turnover pretty easily. I guess they're trying to make the Australian market a little bit more competitive. Yeah. Uh, in terms of tax. Yeah. And we're actually seeing that um, on the state level too. So mm-hmm. that's another part of the business update. Yep. There is such a thing as payroll tax, Dan. Yes. Not the evil of, evil yeah. tax. Yeah, it's a little bit like FBT, but not a yeah. lot of sm- not a lot of small businesses are paying it um, because they don't reach the threshold. 
Yeah. So it's actually a tax that you will pay based on your turnover of, of wages paid. Yep. Um, and as you pay more, you enter the system and you pay more tax. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really weird. That's like a really negative way to yeah. approach it. And, and it's an odd one because, it, you know, the tax that you pay that you feel like you're paying on your employee's behalf is actually just your employee paying that tax. Yeah. The payroll tax is you, the business owner, paying tax on top of the tax that they already pay. For paying too many wages. Exactly. It's it's a, not a great tax. They should have really... Uh, yeah. It's a state tax. It's a state tax. And what, what more can we say? So, it changes per state. So, if you have a, a national business and you have employees in each state, then you're going to have to figure out what your um, liability is in each, each state. state. And so, in this example, South Australia mm-hmm. has moved ahead and put in um, a higher threshold. So, it used to be mm-hmm. around the 500,000 mark. Yep. It's now going to 1.5 mil. That's good. For a small business. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, hopefully, every state... Follow suit? Yeah, I think so. I mean, state taxes on top of federal taxes. We don't want to be America. Do no, we? you don't want to be America. That's crazy. The state needs its revenue from somewhere, but that's, you know, local councils have you land taxes and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and that's what the GST was meant to... And that's what the GST is meant to be. Exactly. Cover off That's on. where I was it's getting to. It's meant to get rid of, yeah, mm. stamp duties and, and levies. So, yeah. That's yeah. the business update for this week. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So... Uh, this week, we are following on from our previous week's mm-hmm. episode, FBT 101. We got a lot of feedback. A lot of people liked the episode. Yeah. A lot of people listened. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Yes. And as promised, this week, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some specific categories of FBT. Yep. So, last week, we gave a general overview. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I suggest go back and listen to that one first. Yeah, it's a really good one if you're not sure what FBT is. How right. it works, mm. what you lodge, or if you have to lodge anything. Yeah. There's some simple ways around it. Yeah. I'm not sure. Did we even get into the fact that it has a different year? Uh, I don't remember talking nah, about it. No, I that. don't think we talked about that. Yeah. So, to, to make matters more complicated, FBT years go from the 1st of April to the 31st <laughs> of March. Yeah. It's a different... It's a different calendar or different period to the yeah. financial year that's right yeah and and that's really annoying because you do have to calculate the expenditure on certain things yeah so you're actually crossing over into two different financial years yeah. to bring that data it's a pain FBT. it's it's a terrible tax i guess they did it that way so that you weren't lodging everything at once it would be easier to lodge everything at once yeah It'd be so much easier anyway, anyway. so the specific I've uh, written up a few things here, Tim. The specific ones oh, yes. I thought that we'd go over uh, this week uh, are mainly the ones that you're going to be hearing a lot or calculating. If you're a small business, especially, you're going to be running into a lot. Yeah. Now, one of these doesn't actually relate to small business, but I just wanted to talk about it because of how dumb it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go through this. Yeah. Uh, we'll go motor vehicle. Motor vehicle, yeah, yep. common for small business. Yep. We'll talk about uh, car parking benefits. Car parking, if you're in the city, common. Yep. Uh, I will briefly mention things like debt waivers and loan fringe benefits. Loans, yeah. But these ones are silly as well. Uh, (laughs) Expense payment is a very common one. Specifically, we'll talk about meals and entertainment. Yes. Uh, That's where last week we promised a bit of a discussion about your work Christmas party. So, (laughs) we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, which is coming up soon. Uh, I hope you've got your work Christmas party booked in, by the way. Yeah. And there's a, there's a few others in there that we might not discuss, but just so you know, you know, housing, providing housing to people, mm. uh, property from in-house mm. uh, as in-house. well as external. Yeah. Uh, and then there's this residual fringe benefits, which residual. is essentially just everything else. It's a big net yeah. catching everything else. But uh, Tim, why don't we start with uh, motor vehicles? Motor vehicles. Car fringe benefits. Cool. So, yeah. I think we might have mentioned, uh, mentioned this last week, but let's recap. If you as a business own a vehicle yes, and you allow your employee mm-hmm. to use that vehicle, mm-hmm. then, and they are allowed to use it all the time, it's available for, for use, personal driving. for personal use, as well as business use, mm-hmm. then you are providing that employee with a fringe benefit. Yes. Because they can use that vehicle privately and, and for personal purposes. It's, it's um, an asset of the company or the business. Yeah, and, and they would have had to have had a vehicle in their own name to do the same things and pay for it themselves. Exactly. Had they not 
had this work cart. So you're essentially providing them with extra wages, yep. but not in cash, which is, Tim, a fringe, fringe benefit. benefit. There we go. So, Tim, what can you tell me about motor vehicle mm-hmm. fringe benefits? Motor vehicle fringe, motor vehicle fringe benefits. Um, there's a couple of different ways to actually calculate the taxable value of the benefit. Yeah, that's right. Um, one of the common methods that a lot of people run with is the statutory method. Yeah. So, this has changed in recent years. Yes. Uh, there used to be different rates. It used to be more interesting. Yeah. Right now, however, it is pretty simple. Yeah. It is 20% mm-hmm. of the fringe benefit value of the car, which is, yep. which is different to what you might be depreciating. Yes. Because it's inclusive of GST. Yeah. Uh, it is 20%. Of that value of the car. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, um, what Dan's talking about there is the GST inclusive value, the purchase price of the vehicle. Yeah. Um, and it stays the same for five years. Correct. Am I right? Yeah. And then after five years, I think it drops a third or yes, something. Yes, a yeah. third. Yeah. So every year for the first five years um, that you provide that vehicle and the employee is taking it home and storing it in their garage and driving it to their holidays or just driving it on weekends, um, 20% of the value of that vehicle will be taken up as a fringe benefit. Correct. So let's say, for instance, let's make this easy. It's a $20,000 vehicle. Yep. yep. So okay. there's $4,000. That's 20% of the 20. Yep. Then you gross that up. Gross it up because there's GST. So you use the... I think 2.1, yep. 2.08, 9, well, what, Whatever the rate is, you gross it up. Let's just make it easy and say it's 2. Yeah. Uh, go <laughs> 8, to 8 and then you pay the fringe benefits tax on that. Yes. Which is, as we know, close to 50%. Correct. So... so $4,000 of fringe benefits tax. That's year. right. Off a 20,000. So you're going to be paying that every year mm-hmm. uh, for five years. Yeah. But for, for providing that vehicle to an employee to use... For private purposes. So, sometimes that actually works okay. Yeah. So, the the instance that I just described then, a $20,000 motor vehicle would be one in which, let's say, Tim, that you use the vehicle not much for work purposes. Mm-hmm. It's just a benefit that, you know, your employer is providing to you because... You do a lot of work driving. Oh, no, not even that. Just... Oh. Uh, it's just part of your salary package. Yeah, they, okay. they've given you yeah. a vehicle. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so you, let's say you only do ten percent is for work purposes, and ninety percent mm. of your car is for private use. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to this other method in a second. It's probably going to work out cheaper to use the statutory method. Yeah, yeah. For because, that vehicle, because yeah, because it's only based off the value of the vehicle. Correct. And you're running with twenty percent, regardless of how much you use the car. Yep. So sometimes that method does work out yeah. superior. To, yeah. the, to, the, to the second method. That's correct. Now, um, we'll get back to that example in a second after we describe the second method. So, yeah. the second method is the operating cost method. Now, yeah. this method uh, can get a little bit complicated, but essentially mm-hmm. what you do is you add up all the costs of operating that vehicle. Yeah. And that could include fuel, rego, insurance, repairs, repairs and maintenance, yeah. depreciation and interest. However... Those are deemed. Those are deemed depreciation and deemed interest. It's not the real amount of depreciation yeah. or the real amount of interest that you pay, if any, on that vehicle. That's right. That's it's right. It's deemed. So, exactly. the ATO have essentially set a rate yep. that they think is appropriate. Yep. And whether or not that's what you're deducting, that's what you're paying a fringe benefit on. Yes. Yes. Exactly so. right. So, you can, you can see you, in scenario two under the operating cost method, mm-hmm. if you had a lot of motor vehicle expenses yeah. in the year and you had a low value car, then your fringe benefit could, as a matter of fact, be higher depending on your logbook. Correct. Because the operating cost method uses a logbook. That's right. So, so you, you, that's you, where Dan was saying if your yeah. logbook was only 10%, then um, that statutory method where you get 20% and just the cheaper, cheaper value of the car. Yeah. Could actually be better. Yeah. So, in this instance, yeah, as Tim said, you've added up all the costs, including that deemed depreciation and deemed interest, and then you times that by the logbook percentage that Mm -hmm. you've done. Everyone should do a logbook on their work motor vehicles. Yes. Uh, So, you times that out, you get an amount. So, let's say that the total cost to run the car was 10 grand during the year, and in this example I was just giving, only 10% is business use. Yeah. So... So 90% just, of that, mm. so 
is the taxable is value. the taxable value of that fringe benefit. Which needs to then be grossed up. Yeah. So in this circumstance, <laughs> if you bought a twenty thousand dollar motor vehicle and you only use it ten percent of the amount of time for work, yeah, and it costs ten grand to run that car during the year, yeah. Well, then the difference is $4,000 fringe benefits tax or yep. $9,000 fringe benefit tax or yep. $4,000 after-tax employee contribution or a $9,000 after-tax employee contribution. It's a big difference. It is a huge difference. And I guess that's a certain scenario. And you don't see that very often. No. But um, it is quite common for salary packaging to use the statutory method. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's because it's... It's probably easier. It's it's easier, but it's probably also for office workers. Yeah. Um. So it's quite predictable in terms of yeah. the amount that they. Sh- so, the amount that they should be contributing. Yeah. Because right. that is the alternative to paying the fringe benefits tax. Yeah. An employee it's, contribution. It's, exactly. It's doing. Um. So the employee will actually have some funds withheld from their wages. Mm-hmm. And that's pre-tax. So they're not paying tax on the funds that are withheld from their wages. No, after tax. Is it post-tax? Post-tax. Oh, sorry. I got that wrong. Yeah, it yeah. is post-tax. Post-tax. So, you get taxed. You get then taxed. They still then withhold they the, the amount. So and then you pay that towards the benefit. Yeah. So, it's withheld from your net wages. Correct. And then, um, yeah, it goes towards, I guess, the amount of that taxable value, taxable benefit that yeah. you're getting. Now, if, if you're a small business, then you're probably offsetting it against, rather than your wage, you're offsetting it against a director's loan that you pay back during the yes. year. There's lots of ways to go through that. But essentially, coming down to it, there are two ways to calculate yep. the fringe benefit for a motor vehicle, statutory, which would be good for a low business use, low value vehicle, or operating costs, which might be better for a more expensive vehicle yep. or a high use vehicle. Yeah, exactly right. Now, is there any way around it with the motor vehicles, Dan? So, Tim, there are some vehicles that are exempt from fringe benefits. Yes. Now, there are certain things you need to jump over to get to this, but essentially, they are uh, any commercial vehicles, right? Yep. That you use minor, infrequent, or irregular private usage. So, this could include taxis, panel vans, or utes. Yep. Uh... Other road vehicles designed to carry a load of less than one ton or not designed to carry passengers. Yep. Uh, or an unregistered vehicle that's used in the business. So, it really is all about carrying things. Yeah, that's right. Than carrying people. That's right. And and they're very specific about what utes as well. They've get, they give a general outline of what constitutes a commercial vehicle. Yeah. Uh, you can look that up on the ATO's website. Yeah. But essentially, you know, if you're driving around in your Holden... Commodore Ute, mm-hmm. it's less likely to be a commercial vehicle than your, you know, your Hilux tradie vehicle that you see driving around. And the reason for that is actually because they used to have a list. Mm. They did have like a defined list of vehicles that were allowed yep. as commercial Utes, for example, or vans. Yep. But uh, they've recently changed to a more principle-based ruling on yep. that. So um, you actually need to figure out the towing capacity, or yeah, and the gross vehicle mass. And subtract out the weight of the passengers that you yeah. can carry. And as long as that's over something like one ton, yeah. then your vehicle should classify as a commercial vehicle. Yeah. Uh, essentially, uh, and it, you know, if you just, you know, obviously you should definitely look this up to calculate it. Mm. Uh, but if you're just wondering off the top of your head, just think about it. it you know, is your ute like a one cab mm. clearly designed to carry lots of stuff on the back such as ladders and materials yeah. and, and whatnot or is this a stylish ute that you're going to lower yeah. down and do donuts in the car park yeah yeah, yeah exactly. one's clearly a commercial vehicle and one is a private vehicle yeah exactly right and uh, the same with the van so yeah exactly that's a really good uh, example because some vans are seven seaters yeah. There's no way in hell that that's going to um, classify as a commercial yeah. van. Unless it's a taxi. <laughs> yeah, unless it's a taxi. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But um, if you removed five of those seats, yeah. then yes, it could, it could. classify as yeah. a commercial vehicle. So, yeah, so there's which is a- exempt. And what we're getting to is that is all exempt from yeah. fringe benefits tax. Correct. That's right. You can provide that benefit to your employees without having to gross it up and pay fringe benefits tax. No fringe benefits. Yeah, or without having to include yeah. it as a benefit in their tax return. Yeah. And so and it also relies, as I said, on if the private use of that vehicle is minor and infrequent and yes. irregular. So and that's that, a massive part. Yeah, so that's like, you know, if, if you've got this ute, but it's actually your primary vehicle and you're picking up your kids from school and you're driving out yep. to date night and yep. you're using it on the weekends, 
then that's not no longer going to be exempt. No, yeah, and because you could do that once in the year, Dan. Yeah, exempt. But if you did, yeah, but if you did it every second day, then that's not, not minor or infrequent. Correct. And and note the word and. Yeah, and because it, even if it's minor, so yeah, I drop the kids to school. Literally, the school's at the end of my street, and yeah. I don't have to turn around. It's in the same direction as I drive to work. Mm. That's minor. But you do it every day. But it's, it's not frequent. infrequent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they'll get you on that one. That's right. So, um, yeah. In other words, if you're going to have a commercial vehicle, if you had a second vehicle, which was for private usage. Yeah. This is what I always recommend. You could work around. You can definitely work with that within the law. That's right. So, we are one category down here yeah. of many. And, and that's a very detailed see, one, though. It's complicated. And, yeah. and the reason we went into so much detail about that one is because it is the most common. That's the most common. That's we the have most pretty we much see. every second client, we're dealing with something. Anyone that has a business that owns the vehicle, mm. which is pretty, re- like pretty regular, yeah. um, should be considering their FBT um, um, compliance, basically. Yeah, that's right. So, I think let's move on to another very common one. Yeah. And this would be expense payment. Expense payment. And at the end of that, we'll get into the most common, which would be meals and entertainment. Meals and entertainment. The Christmas party. Starting with expense payment. If you're providing, uh, if you as an employer are paying for expenses for your employee, let's say you pay for their home internet, but it's not work related, or Mm -hmm. uh, you pay for their private health insurance or you pay for other costs, the gym membership or a golf club membership. And there's two of those. I can specifically think of one client. Let's say that you're, uh, employ- you're an employer that pays those things for someone. These are expense payments and they are benefits you're providing to your employees that yeah. aren't in cash that they yeah. would have had to pay after tax. So, yeah. Tim, fringe benefit. Fringe benefits. So... <laughs> What happens with these is essentially it's a, it's a little bit easier. You just take yeah. the value of what that ever co- whatever that cost, yep. and you gross that up. Depending on whether there's GST or not. Depending on whether there's GST or not, use the two different rates. Yep. And you times that by the tax rate, and that's the fringe benefits tax, and that's the taxable value reported on their payment summaries. Yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward. That, that one's pretty straightforward. Uh, ways to reduce that. Uh, otherwise, deductible. otherwise deductible rule. So let's say that that uh, home internet that you're paying for this employee for, they actually work from home one day a week, mm. and so therefore, let's just make it easy. One fifth of that internet cost is actually deductible yeah. for them. Yeah. Well, then you can reduce the fringe benefit by one fifth. Yep. Simple as that. Quite logical. Yeah. No, it's quite logical. Very easy. Yeah. So that applies to anything that you that you pay for and employ for, uh, and Side note. Side note. I reckon that will be the future of fringe benefits tax for small business. Right. Just there. expense payments. Expense payments. Yeah. Because mm. it is something that we'd see, we see very frequently. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's an area that the ATO... For small business, that's all they need to do. Yeah. Even if it's a vehicle. Expense payment. Expense payments. Keep it simple. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. So, uh, that's... It's generally it's expense, expense payments. payments. So, so then there's an extension on from that, right? There's an extension onto this. And this is meal and entertainment. Now, entertainment could even be that golf or yeah, gym membership. Yeah, you, you could call that you entertainment. Know, that's, that's, that's entertainment. Yeah. Uh, however, <laughs> it does get complicated because you'd be providing more meals and entertainment to your employees than you think. Yeah. yeah. And this can get very, very intricate and complicated. Yeah. Um, including whether or not it was provided at work yes. at an in-house function yes. or whether or not it's external to work. Whether or not you're using a knife and fork to yeah. eat said meal. Yeah, it gets dumb. And we're it's not going to go into this very much, very specifics, but essentially, if an employee yep. has a meal yep. or travel associated with that meal yep. that you pay for, that is a fringe benefit you are providing. Yes. So, does that include a coffee out then? Yes, more often than not, a client <laughs> won't. <laughs> but yes, that's meal stringent. and entertainment. That's stringent, and we're yeah. not saying you know that's not a problem. No, I mean people buy coffees and run it through the business. Exactly. But technically, yes. Technically, yes. So, but if you're providing that coffee in house, no, no. So that's we have a coffee machine here at work. Yeah. Uh, if I made a coffee here, not a fringe benefit. 
if work paid for my coffee on the way to work through the Macca's drive-thru, <laughs> that's a meal and entertainment. <laughs> that's, that's meal entertainment. Um, all right. So, I like, I like the facet of this where something quite simple about this that everyone can remember who's listening to this right now. Yep. If you're providing meals entertainment to your staff, mm-hmm. it is not deductible unless it's related to two things. Unless two things happen. Go for it. Two separate things and or. Um, the first way that a meal or entertainment, not entertainment, but the first way that a meal can be deductible if it's for travel. Yes. If your employee is staying overnight for work purposes, you can pay for their meals. Yep. That's fine. That goes outside of fringe benefits. Yep. Now, the second way, the second way you can deduct a meal. So, for example, that coffee out yep. <laughs> with the employee mm-hmm. is only if you pay fringe benefits tax on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the only way that you can deduct it. That's right. So, <laughs> if you pay fringe benefits tax on the fringe benefit that you've provided to somebody, yep. yes. then you get an income tax deduction for that expense. Yes, you get an income tax deduction yeah. for the expense of the meal and mm. the fringe benefits tax. But then again, it's not simple on top of that. Like, it's not simply just, oh, well, here's the value of everything we provided. That's the fringe benefit. There yeah. are several ways to do this. <laughs> yeah. So, the first way is the 50-50 split method. 50-50 split. And this assumes that, say, your employee is taking a client yes. out for lunch yes. and they're meeting with them. And it assumes, all right, we're just going to take all meal costs and times it by 50%. Yep. 50% of that is a benefit I am provided to an employee. Yep. Therefore, if I pay fringe benefit tax on that, I get a tax deduction. Now, the reason they have rules and these specific rules yeah. is because of that reason. Because yeah. a fringe benefit can't be provided to a client. That's right. So, that's actually not deductible not in, any, in any case. And that's, that's the thing. A meal provided... <laughs> let's say this again. Let's be clear. A meal provided to a client... Including a coffee out. ...is not a tax deduction. No. Your business can pay for it, but you won't get a deduction for that. Correct. Correct. It has to be removed in the tax return. Correct. We, we pull it out during the reconciliation. Yeah. So, that is something that not a lot of people like. Something that a lot of people don't follow. No, they don't follow. They mm. definitely don't follow it. Um, yeah, and, and I, that, that's just one of those stupid things with small... Mm. I don't know. Like, it seems anti-business. It does. Surely they want people to get out there and network and market. And, yeah. But I, I guess they're not saying it has to be a director's loan or a drawing or no, anything like that. it just like, can't be a tax The company can deduction. pay for it yeah. or the business can pay for it, but... Um, but yeah, you must pay fringe benefits tax on it if you're going to deduct it. If you're going to deduct the employee's side of that meal. Mm. So yes, yeah, only the employee's so, side. So, so let's say you go out and it's $100 and uh, 50% of that's $50. Well, $50, $50 is already definitely not a deduction. Yeah, because uh, that's if you then, supposedly for the client. Yeah, if you then go ahead and pay $50 FBT... Uh, on the other side of the fifty dollars, because I grossed it up by two and times it by the other amount, <laughs> yeah. uh, then you can claim a tax deduction for the fifty bucks, fifty bucks, and the FBT and the FBT, which is about but $50. not the original fifty dollars. <laughs> so essentially, you've uh, you know, time you know, added a third of the cost on top, but only get a deduction for the first part. So uh, it's very complicated. It's crazy. It's crazy. So Tim, there is another exemption. Yes. Okay. Right. Minor. Benefits. Minor benefits. So. Yeah. And this is this, this relates is, to the Christmas party. This relates to the Christmas party. Yeah. So, if you provide benefits that are determined to be minor, mm-hmm. right? And this is what classified as minor. Mm-hmm. One, there's two categories. One, that the value of the benefit that you're providing is less than $300. Yes. Right? And that you've determined it's unreasonable to treat it as a... Uh, sorry, and you've determined that it's unreasonable to treat it as a fringe benefit. Right. <laughs> that's a good that's that's a good little yeah. like add-on there from yeah. the ATA. Exactly. Um. So if uh, <laughs> and I'd say this is where the coffee falls in. <laughs> the coffee because it, it would be unreasonable to assume yeah. that every coffee that you've taken a client out to yeah, should yeah. be a fringe benefit. Yes, yes, yes. So Exactly. And it's less than $300 for that person. But I love that they don't really they don't define specify. that. No. They don't specify it. They, they don't specify it. They leave it so vague just in case yeah. there is a scenario that doesn't yeah. work out like that for them. So, Tim, 
let's say you've got a Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. And you buy alcohol and drink and you shout a taxi for everyone to get to the uh, venue and yeah. home again. And Jeez. the total cost Sounds of that. expensive. Yeah. The, the total cost of this, uh, this night out for all your employees is $1,000. Well, it would be because you'd be drinking so many Cosmos, Dan. So many Cosmos. Just, Just Cosmos City. Bu- you'd be breaking the budget. Cosmo City. In about five drinks, you'd be breaching that $300. <laughs> so, now... Let's say you've got four employees. No, three. You've got three employees. Okay. Right? It's yeah. you, me, and another one. And uh, we have to pick one here randomly. Uh, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> All right? We spoke yeah. about Angie last week. Let's speak about Mikey this week. Yeah. Uh, Mikey and us yeah. go out for a work Christmas party. Uh, $1,000 total cost. Each person ate and drank roughly the same amount. Yeah. So the fringe benefit. $333. Mm, Uh-oh. Reached out minor benefits. We're over that. We oh provided no. a fringe benefit. It's a fringe benefit. And it's a Christmas party. And it's a Christmas party. You can't tax Christmas. Yeah. There was a Grinch. The ATO is a Grinch, Tim. They're like you. <laughs> yeah. You should work at the ATO. <laughs> this is why I don't spend money on decorations. <laughs> Keep it below the minor benefit. It's, but let's say we've got uh, four employees. Just one more employee, but we, mm. we spend the same amount. Yeah. Uh, suddenly... We're under that 300 bucks? We're under the 300 bucks. Ah, uh, so the moral of the story here is... Spend less than $300 on $299 per yeah. employee <laughs> and you can claim that as a tax deduction, your Christmas party. Correct. It but, would be you know, exempt. it's quite easy to get over that $300 amount. It is. you really think about it. Real easy. But I guarantee you, and le- there wouldn't be one small business in Australia that has paid fringe benefits tax mm. on their Christmas party. Maybe one mm. who... Who like they had an overzealous account? Christmas party is, <laughs> but I mean like a small business. Yeah, like a, like let's like say ten people. Like you were talking about with four employees. Yes, yeah. less than ten yeah. people. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's not happening. No, there's no way they've it's done not. it. A, a bigger Keep business. Keep in mind yeah. if they if they invite clients, partners and, clients. <laughs> and partners to uh, that party. Not deductible. Well, no. Well, a benefit paid to the associate of a employee of an employee. So the partner is. Still a fringe benefit. benefit. But not the clients. Not the clients. The suppliers. Half of that is automatically not deductible. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so that's 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 a really good one. And also like the definitions about what food that's what I feel I find fascinating. I find that fascinating as well. What food is classified as a benefit. Yeah. So like for example, if we're having finger food in the office (laughs) uh, in house, mind you, it could be cooked externally, right? I, I, I think so. And yeah. brought in. So, like, say a platter of sandwiches from Subway. That could be deemed to be deductible. Yeah, I'm reading... I'm bringing up a list as you're speaking to see if I can uh, come up with a few things here. Yeah, and my understanding of it is... So, that would be deductible. Whereas, if you were to, say, go out... Um, or actually provide those meals on a plate with knives and forks. <laughs> yeah. It's not deductible. So, uh, if you're providing food and beverages uh, to employees to complete the working day in comfort or enjoy themselves, oh. such as uh, providing refreshments to enable employees to complete the day, yeah. uh, is not entertainment. Great. Providing food or drink in a social situation where the purpose of the function is for the employees to enjoy themselves is likely to be entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> the first thing just said to enjoy yeah. their day. Yeah, and so the turn to, to complete their day in comfort. <laughs> <laughs> to complete the day in comfort, not uh, a fringe benefit. Uh, to enjoy themselves, <laughs> which we don't want to do at work. No one's, no one's, too much. No one should enjoy themselves at work. We need to tax enjoyment. <laughs> all right? So. Uh. That that is an enjoyment tax. There's a very fine line between those two things, and yeah. that's that's where that's why this is called the silly tax. And there's there is those weird things where they say yes, but if it was with a knife and fork, yeah, then that's entertainment. Yeah, or, or uh, simple finger food. If it's pro- that's not entertainment. If it's provided on the premises, uh, it's less likely to be entertainment, but probably you know could be. Uh, if it's provided off your premises. Then it's definitely entertainment. Definitely like, entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no way around that one. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, that one's uh, that That's one's cool. rubbish. Yeah, that is rubbish, but interesting to look at. So let's let's just quickly run through a few others that uh, that are a part of yes, this. We are but breaching our we're breaching our fringe time benefits here. time limit. So other things that could be considered a fringe benefit include car parking benefits. Yeah. If you have. Uh, I'll just quickly read this. So, if the car is owned by the employee 
Uh, if it's parked on a business premises that's controlled by the provider, if there is a parking station located within one kilometer, mm. if the lowest fee charged by such commercial parking station for the first day of an FBT exceeds $8.48 mm. a day, and if the car was parked at the employee's primary place of employment or vicinity, then you've provided a fringe <laughs> benefit to your employee <laughs> in the form this. of a car parking I love spot. this rule because there are some exemptions to it which are quite so, like yeah. out of left field. Exactly. Um, so if, if the car parking station costs less than $8.48, it's exempt you're apparently. You're fine. Uh, but it would be in their interest to put their fee. <laughs> it would. Their fee to like... Eight dollars, no, forty-seven, forty-seven. They just watch the FBT in Mount every year and just oh, <laughs> forty-seven. Uh, it is exempt for most small businesses if your rev- uh, if your turnover is less than ten mil, though. Oh, that's good. And that was only a recent change. That's only a recent change Which because just- it was a stupid thing. Oh, no, God, I guarantee you, not one small business calculated. No, that. not not one. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, if you're in Newcastle, there's no free parking in Newcastle. No, right? No, oh, definitely not. They're all. They're all giving out car car spaces to their staff. Correct. Then potentially, there were FBT mm. um, matters there yeah. that needed to be so taken t- care of. T- to make this more ridiculous, there are five ways to calculate the value of the fringe benefit <laughs> that you've provided, and that includes the commercial parking station method, ah. the market value method, oh, yeah. the average cost method, <laughs> the statutory formula or spaces method, or the twelve-week oh, register God. method. Ridiculous. What the hell? Ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, so that one's dumb. Uh, other dumb ones, or you'd at least be dumb to use this one, a debt waiver. Mm. So this is if your employee owed you, you know, $5,000 and you mm. waived it and said, you know what, you no longer owe it to me. Mm. You've, provide the, you've provided them yeah. with a $5,000 fringe benefit, mm. gross that up, pay tax on it. Yeah. So the reason why I say you'd be dumb to use this one is because you just... Give them a five grand bonus in their yeah, wages yeah. and you don't withhold, pay withhold tax it. On it. They pay the they, they pay, pay the, tax. the tax. You gross up the wages. They 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 pay the tax in the tax return. Their income looks a little bit higher, and you yeah. keep the five thousand dollars and offset. Yeah. You're paying everyone's paying much less tax at the end yes, of that. Yes. Anyway, so if you ever use that one, you've made a bad choice. Just don't. Yeah. And uh, the other one is a loan fringe benefit. So this is kind of the other side of that. If you provide a loan to your employee, low interest rate, with low interest or no interest and it's lower than you know the market rate of interest, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, then you've provided a fringe benefit. Yeah. And there's dumb ways to calculate that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about in-house benefits? In-house benefits. And then property. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's uh, property and in-house. and. A- this is also a little bit dumb. <sighs> <laughs> this is also a little bit dumb. Yeah. They're all dumb. Um, so, yeah. I think it's, it's something like if it's over the value of 1000 Dollars in house benefit provided. Correct. That's a fringe benefit. Correct. That's right. So, but it's, uh, yeah. There's obviously, that's up for interpretation in terms of what is the value that they're of providing the, that. Yeah. And, and a lot of the time, this is something like um, if you're in, like, if you sell a product and you just give away. Exactly. Like, if, if, we, made, if we made TVs and I gave Tim a TV and that's worth $2,000, but mm. it really it only costs us. 500 bucks to make, yeah. well, then we could argue that, oh, no, it's 500 bucks. That's what, it's less no. than 1,000. But no, it's, no. it's the market value the market of the value. product. Which, I mean, it's fair enough. But at the same time, um, I, guess, I guess they're probably thinking about people mm. who are going, yeah, what I can do is instead of paying him a pay rise, I'll give him five TVs mm. and let him resell those exactly. at his own leisure. The thing I always think about, and specifically I think about the Rocky movies, is <laughs> the <laughs> Rocky's brother-in-law, always, he always worked at that abattoir, at the meat factory. Yeah. He'd always come home with like a thing of wrapped meat. And I always think, would that add up to a thousand bucks of market value? And surely if he came home every day with like, uh, with two scotch fillets, oh God. that would add up. Oh that would add up. God. So, I, I reckon... That's a good uh, point, Dan, because I used to work at Video Easy. I probably... You rented... Got a thousand bucks worth of free rentals over a year. Yeah. There's a fringe benefit there. Here's one. I do my own tax return here, too. Oh, I know. I've thought about this before. I've thought about this before. Yeah, let's say, you know, a tax return, super fund. 
That's kind of inception. You know, really. you, you're, you doing your own tax <laughs> and then owing fringe benefits tax on you doing your own, own tax. tax. Yeah. This, oh anyway, so then yeah, the other things are property. If you give them something, you know, you, let's say you give them a house or you give them something much smaller than that. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. Give them a car. I don't know. Whatever, whatever it is. A ping pong table. A ping pong table. Just stuff. Yeah. Um, that could be a fringe benefit. Mm. Uh, and then the final category usually is just residual, which is just a catch-all for everything that doesn't fit into the other categories. Yeah. And just on property though, yeah. electronic devices have, has its own exemption. Exemption. So, if you're providing a laptop, a phone, tablet... Or even if there is personal usage. Even if it is personal usage, it is exempt from fringe benefits. Yeah. Uh, for small businesses, you can provide more than one of each of those items. Yeah. But mm. for... Bigger businesses, as long as they don't provide the same function, you can provide different ones. Mm -hmm. For instance, you can give someone a laptop and a phone, Mm -hmm. uh, even though there's a little bit of crossover, um, but you couldn't give them two laptops. Yeah. That would be a fringe benefit. But in Mm. a small business, we could get two laptops. Two. So, yes, that's FBT in a nutshell. Yeah. It's a fun one, mm. but it's one that people generally avoid by doing the employee contribution. Correct. Not a lot of FBT lodgements unless yeah. it works in your favor Yeah. Um, or there's salary packaging happening. Correct. Normally, you're not going to be lodging many FBT returns as a small business owner mm-hmm. until you become a bigger business. Yeah, because it's until just you've variable. Got, yeah. You're giving out cars. You're exactly. Out- if you've got, you know... Larger functions. People other, yeah, people other than yourself and, you know, some close family members, something working in your business and you're providing several people with cars, well, then, yep, you're going to need to look at... Yeah. You're going to need to look at fringe benefits. Yes. But if it's you, your partner, an uncle yeah. in your business, then you're going to be doing contributions. You're going to be yeah. finding out ways to pay these back during the year. Yeah. There's going to be transactions the business pay for that are for you and that comes, yeah. adds back and you add, put money in. Yeah. It disappears. If you do the right thing, it's not really going to matter. But no. it's, And it's not a tax that I think the ATO have targeted specifically at small business. No. It's more for the big fish. That's right. On um, the big end of town. But, but yeah, you need to be aware of it. You, you need to do the right and, thing. And they, they could pull you up on it if you have a poor compliance record and you haven't done... You haven't crossed your T's and dotted your I's. So. Correct. Mm. Correct. All right, Tim. I think we've spoken about fringe benefits enough for yeah. you know one lifetime. So... Uh, Tim. Time for the other thing. What is your other thing? Well, I'm going to carry on and it may have felt like we were ridiculing the ATO a little bit then, but we weren't. Those are just the rules in place to try and limit people mm. um, paying for their personal lifestyle out of the business and claiming deductions. For yeah. It. But anyway, I do want to have a little bit of a stab at the ATO here. Yeah. All right. Fair game. Yeah. What is up with the name of the person that is at the head of the ATO, Dan? The Commissioner of Taxation? Uh, okay, what about the chance- Chancellor? <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Why did they go with Chancellor? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the same, same as a university. Do they really like want the to head make them uni- sound evil? Yeah. The head of a university is a Chancellor as well. Like, why Why do they do that? Mm. What is that? And it, like, um, the the Maybe head... Commissioner. The, the, the head commissioner. of... The head of uh, Germany. Aren't they the Chancellor? Yeah. Literally, it sounds like like your Darth Sidious coming in it with really the, does. the Death Star. It really does. Head. Have you ever stopped to think about that? <laughs> the titles that they gave themselves? Yeah, I wonder if they could have just been like, head, friend to business everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Deputy head to yeah. friend business. He- head of ensuring hospitals get money. <laughs> like, you're going to look at them a lot more friendlier than you're going to be yeah. looking at... The tax chancellor. They really have to order their, um, I guess, the value that they're, <laughs> yeah. they're providing. Yeah, their value proposition is not great. Yeah, like maybe just give us a bit more or, heads up on what you... Or, although, what there's an old Steve Martin bit where he always... He spoke about banks need to be... He talks about language and banks need to be called something to mm. give us trust in ah, them. Yes. So, like, they need to be called the Federal Reserve and such and such ah, and such yes, or the yes. bank of this and this. They can't be called, like... Fred's bank. <laughs> Fred's bank. And Imagine he's like, Fred's I got a bank. bank. <laughs> my name's Fred. And I got uh, your money over here in my pocket. <laughs> and your money, your money's in this pocket. Like, you don't <laughs> trust Fred's bank, you know? So, maybe that's why they're the chancellor because it's we take very them very serious. seriously. It's very serious. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a very, like, German German twist to that as well. Yeah, there is. I mean... Bloody tax. Yeah. So... 
That was my other thing. I've been thinking mm. about that for a little while. Mm. Well, my other thing, Tim, is got? to do with our podcast. We're, we're very much talking about ourselves today. Uh, uh, did you know, Tim, that we have a significant amount of followers overseas? Uh, really? And that's what my other thing is. Cool. Who's listening to us other than Australia? The reason being... If you are, send us an email. Exactly. That's, that's what I wanted to know. If, if you're listening to us not in Australia, because we'd love to be talking... We, like, we try and talk about a lot of things that are universal to all businesses, but yeah. inevitably, such as fringe benefits tax, yeah. that is very Australia-specific. So, okay, I do have some friends overseas that may be listening. Alan through is, is a good example of that. Yeah, okay. He lives in the States. Yep. Um, but then I can't... Uh, how many are we getting? I can think of like three or four that might listen to us over there. But we're getting like... Uh, I don't know the exact stat this week, but it was... It's in, it, it was like... It's far more than Multiples of 10. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. That is weird. So, that's what I, I'm, I'm reaching out. There's a, there's, a, there's a bunch in the US. A lot yeah. in the US. Specifically, uh, San Jose. San Jose. Yeah, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. <laughs> listening to us. Uh, also, there was some in Denver this week. Uh, there was also. I've got a. I think I have a friend in Colorado. Oh, there you I, go. I doubt he. I doubt he's listening. And there was some in in other places. So I just want to say, oh, the Philippines. There was some. The Philippines. Anyway, if you're listening to us and you're not in Australia, send us a tweet. We want to know. Hey, what do you find interesting about our podcast? Yeah. Also, what do you want to hear from us? If We'd love to do some episodes about things that might be oh. universal to everyone. So. Yeah, like maybe Australian tax versus what we know of American tax. Exactly, exactly. So, maybe we could even get, you know, a US tax specialist on oh. and discuss, learn, you know, because we, we know Great little idea. bits, but not much, you know, learn about their tax system. Some of those people might be considering moving to Australia and taking up employment here. If that's the case, you know, just as long as you don't catch a boat, the government, you know, more than happy to <laughs> let you in. Yes, I, I doubt they run that ad over in America. No, <laughs> no, catch a plane. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. Well, there, there were two people I met in Ireland, actually, on a night out at the yeah, bus. Ireland. I told them to listen to the podcast. Yeah, mm. cool. Well, so, if they want to reach out, just here's the podcast name. Yeah. And uh, I'm one of the, the two idiots on there. Exactly. So maybe. Maybe they're listening maybe to they're, it. Maybe that's fine. Anyway, sh- shoot us a tweet. Uh, too drunk podcast at too drunk podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Visit our Facebook page, Too Drunk Accountants. Send mm-hmm. us an email, Too Drunk Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please like us, rate us, and please. leave reviews on Apple or wherever you listen to us because if we get a couple reviews in a day, suddenly we're on the top charts again. Mm. And it looks so sweet and nice to see us there above, oh, you know, yes. the CPA podcast or, or, or others that we've occasionally been in front of. Yeah. So uh, please get on there, give us a like. Give us a review and uh, spread us around. We, we, we'd love to um, get more listeners. So, does that about wrap us up, muchacho? That wraps us up. Ah, very nice, hombre. Mm, I, don't, I don't know where this is going. Arriba, arriba. <laughs> All right, well, calculator. Tim says like he wants to say something. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs>